in today's show. We're recapping the action from Tuesday. There were three games on. Injury updates on Carl Anthony Towns and Damian Lillard, as well as Jakob Pertl. Waiver wire stuff. Awards of the day. Mickey Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball, on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball, and on Substack, joshlloyd48.substack.com. Today's episode is brought to you by the good blokes over at Sweatblock. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with the promo code Locked On at sweatblock.com, also available on Amazon. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Only three games on, so probably won't go for an hour today. Just keep it a short one. Let's get into the news uh, morning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Carl Anthony Towns. Good news? Good news, yeah. Uh, as calf strain, four to six weeks. I'm going to just push it to six weeks is my estimation or my expectation more to the point. So that puts it early January. Um, we're going to miss all of December here with Towns. You would imagine there'd be a little bit of caution when he returns as well. Let's think what's going to happen again. Remember, they have been missing Jaden McDaniels. So what they did in those games was start Austin Rivers. I think there's a distinct possibility that Towns out, McDaniels in. Like, that's what they do. So they don't go with Anderson and McDaniels. They just put McDaniels at the four. Rivers starts at the two. Edwards at the three. That's what I think could happen. The other option really is going to be Anderson. But what's going to happen? Like, McDaniels will get more touches, more block opportunities, more rebound opportunities. Rivers will soak up 26, 27 minutes if he starts and do nothing with it. And then you get more shot opportunities for Anthony Edwards. You will get Kyle Anderson playing more minutes. You'll get Jalen Noel playing more minutes and getting more shot attempts. While Naz Reed will get all of the minutes that Rudy Gobert doesn't play. Reed will not play with Gobert very much, I wouldn't think. So if Gobert plays 34, Reed will play 14. If Gobert plays 32, Reed will play 16. And you'll have McDaniels, Anderson, Noel, Rivers, and then eventually the artist formerly known as Torian Prince will get some minutes. So what does that mean? We prioritize Jaden McDaniels. The second priority is Kyle Anderson, or if you're looking for scoring, it's Jalen Noel. But I think what we're going to have is Anderson and Noel just being real fringe 12-teamy sort of players. Noel probably more 14-team, Anderson more 12, and then Torian Prince gets into the mix and just mucks things up for everybody. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a gigantic winner in this scenario. There'll be maybe an extra shot or two for Rudy Gobert. I don't think it means that he blocks more shots or that he starts pulling in four extra rebounds or anything like that. Um, I just think we're going to get way more from Russell, way more from Edwards in terms of passing and usage. More shots for Noel, more shots for McDaniels, more rebounds for McDaniels. And then we just hope that it doesn't take Towns too long to come back. Obviously, we miss the, you know, we, we, he missed the, what am I trying to say? Dodge the bullet. That's the phrase. Yeah, dodge the bullet in terms of a season-ending injury. But this is still pretty significant. If you want to talk calves, I don't have it on here because the news just broke. Um, Damian Lillard is targeting a return of December the 4th. I had him projected to come back one game after that, so it's not that far away. December the 4th is this weekend, so he should be back then, and then obviously impacting the value of Hart and Simons and Grant and Nurkic and Winslow. 
Yeah, the only guy who becomes a drop in that scenario will be Winslow. Everyone else just loses value in that scenario. You had an update on Lonzo Ball. They said they're, tar- they're looking to get a return um, once the calendar flips over to 2023. That doesn't mean January 1st. My always, my, well, not always, my recent thoughts on that has been um, All-Star break around that point, so early to mid-February. And I don't know whether that's worth stashing him for another two to two and a half months. I don't know that he's going to be back at All-Star break. That's my expectation. I'm not thinking that 1st of January, Lonzo Ball, or 10th of January, Lonzo Ball is ready to go. Bogdan Bogdanovich has been upgraded to doubtful, so his return is coming really soon. I think Bogdan is going to top out at 28 minutes. I think he's going to probably lose some usage because he'll be sharing the court with DeJounte or Trey at all times, I would guess. And that loses assist opportunities. He's fine to have, but I don't think the upside is particularly high. Um, Yeah, I don't think it's particularly high with Bogdan, but the return's coming. The Knicks made a move. They signed Daquan Jeffries to a two-way. They uh, waived Ferron Hunt. The Spurs also made a move like that. Jordan Hall was waived. They brought in Alizé Johnson. Speaking of the Spurs, we've got a couple of bone bruise news here. Uh, Yucca Pertl has a bone bruise in his knee. That's always worrisome. It looks like he's going to be out for at least a week. Same with Jeremy Sohan. So that means we stream in Zach Collins everywhere. Really love the ad of Zach Collins. Just a week, add him. The Sohan one is probably going to be Cater Bates-Diop, although he's dealing with an ankle problem. Isaiah Roby could be a sneaky one to watch. I don't think Charles Bassey, Goldfinger, is a 12-team league ad. But I do think Collins is, and I think Bates Diop is at least worth looking at. And the other one is Rui Hachimura with an ankle bone bruise. I yeah, look, we're not rostering Rui in ten or twelve or fourteen team leagues, but his absence means hopefully we get more from Denny Avdia, a few extra shots for Will Barton, um, and more opportunity for or more minutes for Kyle Kuzma. I would expect a couple of weeks here for for Rui, but again, he's not impacting many fantasy leagues. We'll get more on this tomorrow, but the Magic are going to have Marco Fultz and Cole Anthony both back. Suggs is it? Outs. We still don't know how they work that, but there's Harris, Ross, Anthony, and Fultz all going to play in a game for the first time this season. And what that does to their own minutes, as well as the bigs' minutes, Bol in particular, Jimmer KK is out of this one. So we're still we're getting guys back. We've still got other guys back out. And that rotation continues to remain confusing. And that is a bunch of news that we've gotten to now. Cool. Should we do... Yeah, let's, let's do an ad now. Today's episode is brought to you by Sweatblock. Yes, it is brought to you by Sweatblock. Old mate Pamela, Pammy, big Pamo, she'd often hide in the office bathroom. And I'd go to her desk, go, Pam, where are you? And she's not there, knocking, knocking. Pam, hey, got work to do here. But she was hiding, embarrassingly, in the office bathroom every 30 minutes. So no one would see the wet circles under her arm. I like to give her three warnings for truancy. But she was just hiding those sweat marks. But th- I said, Pam, don't worry about it. We all sweat. I've got a solution for you. Have you ever seen Rachel Ray? She said, of course I have. You've seen those delicious muffin slices. Is that a thing? A muffin slice? I don't know. But I watch it all the time. Well, how did you miss Sweatblock Wipes? Rachel Ray's had them on there. And she uses them on firefighters. And you, Pam, are not a firefighter. So they can definitely help you. Go and check them out at Amazon. Or, or, or a better option for you, Pam, would be going to sweatblock.com. You can use the promo code locked on, and that'll save you 20% off these marvelous sweatblock wipes. No more trips to the dunny every 30 minutes to, to dab down your pits. Just feel sweat-free for seven days. Sweatblock.com, also available at Amazon. Use the code locked on 20%. Buy them. They're good. That should be their phrase. Buy them. They're good. Let's go to the way by most added players. Over the last 24 hours, Big Justice Winslow up 33%. Makes sense to me. 
Again, we talked about this the other day, that the Blazers have a really, really strong schedule here for this week in terms of low-volume games from Tuesday through to Saturday, or through to Sunday. Um, they've got a back-to-back on the Saturday-Sunday. But, you know, Lillard's going to come back probably on that Sunday, and that's going to limit the impact of Winslow. But adding him now, absolutely fine. As long as you're willing to accept or understand that you're going to get dicked over with percentages a lot of the time. That's just what's going to happen with him. But people have added him. We'll see whether they drop him after today, but they've added him. Kyle Anderson up 27%, chasing that Towns injury. We just talked about that. Dorian Finney-Smith up 16%. So the Mavericks guys, the Knicks guys, great schedules for this week. Finney-Smith and, and Reddish, it's about getting low volume and volume of games on low volume days for this week. That's why they were added. Terrence Mann up 16%. Well, as long as Kawhi and Paul George and Kanata are out, He's going to be useful enough. TJ Warren up 14%. That's, that's, that's too much. We'll see what happens. Ben Simmons is out for the Nets tomorrow. But that doesn't matter because Warren's not playing. I just think you're putting too many hopes here on TJ Warren and expecting him to play 32 minutes a night, have 25 usage, and be the guy that he used to be. And I don't think he will be. He might get there eventually. But even if he was fully healthy TJ Warren, fully healthy TJ Warren in the past never had to play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And he does. So, nah, nah, nah. Uh, Seth Curry up 12%. He's going to be up and down, but without Simmons, I think that helps him. Well, Muxy Kleber, we love the blocks, we love the threes, but that's just really a stream for the um, for the schedule benefit. In terms of the dropped players, Paul Reed down 21%, the easiest drop of all time. Embiid's out, or Embiid's back. Reed goes, Embiid is out, Reed's in. Denny Abdia down 15%. He was pretty bad last last game. And when they're fully healthy, he is a tough one to um, roster because of the way that his usage sort of shrinks. But on low volume days, he's fine to try in. Mo Bumba down 12%. Well, Carter's out, but Bumba's actually questionable. I don't mind holding on to him while Carter is out. Big Dick Nick Richards down 9%. No point holding on to a backup center like that. George Niang down 9%. See you later. Onyeka Okongwu down 9%. Bye-bye. Capella's back. Uh, I won't get to do this too often. And I've got to also bring myself into having like a, a, a triggered repetition for Clint Capella. Lisa needs braces. Yeah, Thad Young down 7%. I probably would have hold on to Thad. His game wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. And yes, players are back, but I reckon he might start for a little bit. I think he would have I held him there. Well, Brandon Clark down 7%. Don't know what really triggered dropping Brandon Clark after the game the other day, but he should have been dropped a long time ago. But I'm glad that the people are waking up and dropping him now. All right. How fired up should I be? Knicks Pistons. Two of the shittest coaches in the NBA. The least shit coach gets the win pretty comfortably with the New York Knickerbockers beating the Pistons. 140 to 110. This game was over extraordinarily early. Really, really early. Julius Randle, I think, hit six triples in the first quarter. The Double Royal had a huge game here. He was a whopping plus 36. He had a usage of 37. He ended up with 36.6 triples, seven rebounds, five assists, and a steal. Randall's a top 20 player over the last week, and he's top 60 for the season. Remember in the pre-draft process, Yahoo, for some reason, had him at 50. Then they dropped him to like 107. Well, if you got him in the hundreds, you're pretty happy with that result. Mitchie Robinson played 26 minutes. It's really a Mitch Robinson sort of game, isn't it? And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Six points on comically low usage, 13 rebounds, two steals, and a block. If he's available, you add him. Jalen Brunson, don't panic, 18 minutes. He had four fouls. It was a blowout. He still had 16, 1, and 5. While quickly played 22 minutes for 15, 1, and 4, his rotation minutes are always confusing. And in this one, 
we got 18 minutes from Brunson and 24 minutes from Barrett, and that enabled some of these bench guys to get more minutes. So don't look at what Quickly did or what Quentin Grimes did and think, ooh, okay, is this what's going to happen every game? Because Barrett probably played 10 minutes fewer than he normally does, and Brunson's about 15 fewer minutes than he normally does. As for Grimey, 28 minutes, 16 and 6 with three threes and two steals. Excellent. Shot 86%. Zero chance of that being real. 11% usage. There's your problem with Grimey. It requires a game like this. The two steals are nice, but it requires a game like this where every shot goes in for him to even sniff value. Do not add him in 12-team leagues, I don't think. Cam Reddish also does not need to be a 12-team league guy. But again, as everything with these guys, quickly, Reddish, Grimes, Hartenstein even, the Knicks have a great schedule this week. And there is value in having them on the low-volume days. You know, they lose some of that value because they've already played the Tuesday game, but they play Saturday, Sunday, I think, on the back-to-back, and, and that's useful. Ron Barrett, you know, 16 points. Of course, 36 from the field and 75 from the line, so he pissed on you there. But overall, the counting stats are good. While Hartenstein, again, if it wasn't for the strong week and the strong schedule this week, it's hard to hold. Eight and five in 14 minutes for him. Derek Rose played 25 minutes, and Reddish had six points in 17 minutes. Yep, that's good for the, the, the Knicks to be able to smash, um, smash a terrible team. And the Pistons are a terrible team. I saw another. There is something going on with the Pistons in that their fans are cultishly devoted to Troy Weaver. I saw an appreciation post yesterday, I think it was. Man, can we just appreciate how good Troy Weaver's been? Man, this guy's been so unbelievable. Like, you've had the worst record in the league for three years. You just got pumped by the Knicks by 30 points at home. Like, can you stop, like, giving him the double-handed backhand until something good happens? Oh, but it's not him. Yeah, well, he assembled the roster and he hired the coach. And he hasn't fired the coach. So until Weaver actually shows me something good, he's not good. He's okay. He's all right. I don't really 100% agree with his team building philosophy. But to say that he's like this savior guy where you, I've seen nothing to suggest that at all is pretty weird. And someone is definitely going to comment on this. Oh, LOL, clown emoji. You think Weaver's bad? You don't know what you're talking about. Have you ever watched a game? LOL. All right, cool. Anyway, Pistons scored 110 points. They started Marvin Bagley. I think he had like 11 points in the first five minutes and ended with 13. He played 23 minutes. All the starters got yanked about two minutes into the third quarter. 13 and seven with three threes for Bagley. That in itself is a pretty good uh, pretty good line. I Part of my issue with Bagley, like historically he hasn't been a great fantasy player for category leagues because he's had points and rebounds with low assists, low steals, low blocks, low threes, low free throw percentage. That's really bad for category leagues. This year, he's tidied a bit of that up. 13, seven with three threes is really good. Those first three threes came in the first three minutes or something, I think. Um, he's tidied a lot of it up. My problem with Bagley is A, they overpaid for him. B, when he's out there, he's getting too much usage when other players should be getting them. C, he's a terrible defender. D, he shouldn't be prioritized over other players. That, that's my problem with Bagley. I don't think he's good as a backup. Play him at 19 minutes a night, backup center. Fine, no problem. You don't commit $40 million unless you're the Mavericks or the Pistons to a backup center. But you know, that, that's totally okay. But prioritizing him as this number one guy on your offense, pushing your starting center to power forward, and then having him lead the team in usage so many times is absolutely crazy. That's not a way to build a team. That's ridiculous. That is stupidity. And that's my issue with Bagley as a player. Nothing Again, find your role and fill it. And, you can, and he can do it. He can be a really good 18-minute-a-night backup center. But this is nonsense. When you've got a young, very good center who sits there in Jalen Duran, who outplayed him again, sitting on the bench. Now, it's fine. Duran played 27 minutes. He had 12 and 5. 
86% shooting. He's not going to be that, but he can be 70% most nights. The frustrating thing is they just won't commit to giving Duran the, the role and trying to see how he develops with Ivy and with Cade. Of course, he's not there. That's what's frustrating. Isaiah Stewart played again. We saw a little bit of Bagley and Duran together, which again, shout out to the greatest coach in the world. Um, yeah, Duran, 12 and 5, it's all right. Like, I don't think I'd necessarily add, but he's with this with them playing on Thursday, I would. And, and if you didn't understand what I said about Bagley, yeah, he's fine to have now. This is a great week for the Pistons. He's fine to have. He's putting up numbers. And in points leagues, absolutely. Isaiah Stewart, if he's on your wire, you go and grab him. 19 points, five threes, and a block. Still don't think that he's all that good. And I'll tell you who I know. Well, I don't know. But I'll tell you who I don't think is very good, and I'm not convinced they're going to have a good career at all, is the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay. Even in this game, with Ivy and Cunningham out, he came off the bench so they could start Isaiah Livers. 11 points in 18 minutes, 36% shooting, no threes, no steals, no blocks, one rebound. 18 minutes for Sadiq Bay. 18. When this team is healthy or even close to healthy, he's not going to play 30 minutes coming off the bench. He just isn't. I, I, I do not rate him at all long-term. And in fact, in fact, if you need to, although it's not a great time to do it now with them being the only team that plays on Thursday, Take all of this with a grain of salt with what I'm saying about the Pistons. And so, drop, drop, you know, Bay, I don't love Bagley, Duran, you don't worry about him. Because they play Thursday, so all of them are useful. They're all useful for that day. Long term, no way. Killian Hayes is a 12-10 league guy, I think. 11-1-6 with three steals. He obviously wasn't fantastic in this game, but there's some solid numbers. We also got 22 unnecessary minutes from Corey Joseph. Um, and Livers had six points in 23 minutes as a starter. Bogdanovich only played 19 minutes as all of the starters got benched early, as I said. He had sort of 13 points in that time, but it was a minus 21. They just got cooked. That starting group just got destroyed by Randall, and it's because it's poorly constructed. Roster-wise and coaching-wise, it's poorly constructed. And I will stand by that, and they might prove me wrong at some point. The team might prove me wrong, and Troy Weaver might prove me wrong. I just think the team is poorly constructed. And it, of course, it hurts that Ivy and Cater out. It hurts a lot. It's massively impactful. But... It, but they're struggling a lot. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. It's all there at BetOnline.net, including the Miami Dolphins, press conference legend Mike McDaniels, going back to his former team as four-point underdogs. He's going to cook something up for sure, isn't he? He's going to unleash Tyreek. We're going to have Jaden Waddle. Jaden, Jalen Waddle. Jaylen, oh, I just lost my mind there. Um, he's going to be dropping things on this Niners defense. We're going to win it. We're four-point underdogs. But you can check all of week 12 or week 13. I don't know. Week 13 in the NFL. Yeah, week 13. It is in the NFL. It's all over at betonline.net. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Game two, you want to talk about a team whose roster is poorly constructed and they've got a bad coach. They actually won the game, the Dallas Mavericks but that doesn't um, alleviate the concerns that I have with some of their roster construction and team building philosophies. All right. So let's have a look at that game. Don't know what I'm debating here. 116 Dallas, 113 Golden State. Normally in these games, the Warriors starters have carried and their bench has just coughed up leads. It was the opposite today. The bench was good. The starters were bad. Steph played 38 minutes. And I know I've justified it a lot. And I'll continue to say why I didn't want to take Steph in the top six, which is where his ADP was. Because I didn't look at him and go, Steph, you're 34. You will have your best career rebounding numbers, your best shooting numbers, your best rim finishing numbers, and you'll have to play 38 minutes a night to keep your team competitive. Like, 
if you said that in the off season, you would have laughed at the town. You can't do it. You, you can't have predicted that. Now, I've adjusted a lot of my projections. I do have him top six rest of season. And he was great again. He hit a ludicrous shot at the end of this game. It wasn't enough to get him to win, but it was just, it was amazing. 32-5-5 five five with five threes for Steph. Draymond, we talked about him on the buy low, sell high, saying, hey, some of this shooting's probably going to fall away. It did a little bit, but you know, not much. Still 60%. 12-6-4 with a steal and a block, while Kevon Looney only played 18 minutes. And that's because they closed with either John Kaminga and then Dante DiVincenzo. Kaminga, I'm not adding him, but it was very encouraging. 14 and he still made some dumb decisions, but he hit a nice wide open corner three towards the end in the final couple of minutes. 14 and 10, two blocks, 75% shooting. He was 25 from the line. I think in a 20 team league, 18 team league, 16 team league, I'd be really encouraged by this, and I would consider that an ad in that league. Jordy Poole struggled a bit, but had a, a ridiculous play late as well. 9, 2, and 9. Well, Clay Thompson also featured on the buy low, sell high today. Talking about a sell high, saying, hey, I don't think Clay's going to shoot 50%. He had five points on 22% shooting. He had seven rebounds and two assists. And we talked about how his free throw attempts are up. He took zero in this game. And this is back to the bad old clay at the start of the year. So we knew it was going to drop. And he's going to sort of hover somewhere in the middle. It's also a stinker from Andrew, Andrew Wiggins, who I think was the eighth ranked player in the last week before today. And now after today, he's the 42nd ranked player because he had 10, 1, and 2 and was bad from the field, and was bad from the line, and didn't generate defensive stats. He is 43rd over the course of the year. I think he's going to fall outside the top 50. So again, always worth looking at if someone wants to give you a top 40, top 50 player in a trade, you consider it. Um, Anthony Lamb played 16 minutes. DiVincenzo, 17 minutes. That's about it. For the Mavericks, Luka Doncic carries his team so hard. How you can have Jason Kidd as a coach for a start, but also construct a roster so poorly around Luka Doncic is, is unfathomable to me. Doncic played 39 minutes, had 41, 12, and 12. Four steals and a block, four triples. That pass that he made to Josh Green on that corner three it was ludicrous. And he was just knocking step. He was unbelievable. It was just a crazy game from Doncic. Now, the free throws are bad. 60% on 15 attempts is a killer. It's a killer. And that's going to make his ranking go down. And you're going to go, well, look at Doncic. He's actually only a third-round player this season. He's actually the 27th-ranked player because with turnovers and free-throw percentage, you can't draft him in the first two rounds. Yeah, you can, though. Like, yeah, let's be honest. You can. Right? And that is always limitations of rankings, understanding what they are, what they aren't, what they do and what they don't, and how they get clouded. That's really good. Like, that's a really good game from Doncic. They made a change to their rotation. Timmy Hardaway started, and Reggie Bullock was on the bench, and Bullock had 14 scoreless minutes. Reggie Bullock, he was the NBA's worst starter. Now, is he the NBA's worst rotation player? Far out, he's bad. 22 points for Hardaway, five triples. Now, last game, here, what, like three points on 10% shooting? So you don't have to go back very far to see that he sucks. But this was a good game. And if I'm in a 12-team league, I would at least watch it. I'd consider it because they play on Thursday. And I think they play Saturday as well. And that is really appealing. So if you want to add Tim Hardaway, do it for the schedule and see what happens. Same goes with Joshy Green, who made one of the craziest like 360-degree spinning pass at one point, maybe in the third quarter. I don't know what it was. He's actually playing well. Now, this shooting, it's maintained all season. I don't think it sticks. But 13 points with three threes in 27 minutes. He's better than Reggie Bullock. But he did get extra minutes because Spencer Dinwiddie got ejected. Now, Dinwiddie, we talked about a lot of his stats regressing, regressing, and they have 42%, no rebounds, two assists, 23 minutes. There's no way that deserved an ejection. But, you know, 
conspiracy theorists will suggest that maybe Dinwiddie got suspended because he said that Tony Brothers called him a sorry kids cover your ears. This is a quote. I'm allowed to say this. Tony Brothers called him a bitch ass motherfucker. So on the day where Tony Brothers had to sit out a game, um, a ref gave Dinwiddie a dubious flagrant too. Hmm. Not a big conspiracy guy, but hmm. Hmm. Dorian Finney-Smith, the reason you have him at the moment is just schedule. So just keep holding. 6-9-2, and two, while Dwight Powell had 18 minutes. And we want to talk terrible, Christian Wood. He played 26 minutes. Four points on 17%. Missed both his free throws. As I have said, one million times. Not quite exaggeration number. Figuratively, one million times. He is gigantically overrated, but bro's an all-star. Mate, he's a walk in 20 and 10. You've got to start him, mate. He's their second best player. He's a, he bloody just gets everything done. Mate, walking 20 and 10. How can you not start him? Because, because the bloke's cooked on defense. He's shocking. He's dreadful. Now, I think there's a lot of stubbornness with what Jason Kidd does. And Dwight Powell is wholly unsexy. But I believe the Dwight Powell starting lineup group has a pretty strong net rating. Right, because Powell just does things that are good. I still think there is a chance that Woody's going to start at some point, but this game absolutely does him no favors. He was bad. He shot poorly. He was a minus 16. He was shitful. And he is highly, highly overrated. Highly. I still thought he'd be able to play 29 minutes a night this season, but he's been even worse than I anticipated. Play on a good team, or a team that thinks they're good, or a team that strives to be good, and you don't get to do the bullshit that you did in Houston. Muxy Kleber, 25 minutes, six points with a block. Yeah, that's it. You're streaming for blocks and you hope something comes of it. They also run a lineup with Bertans, Kleber, and Wood all on the court at the same time. So yeah, Jason Kidd making some questionable lineup decisions. There's a bloke here, if you're in a deep league, there's a bloke here on this bench. Not Kemba Walker, who will play, I guess, at some point soon. They, de- they do desperately need someone to handle the ball. They should be giving opportunities to Jaden Hardy. Reggie Bullock's not it. Hardy, they just need to give him a chance. Instead of running Davis Bertans at the three, get Jaden Hardy out there. Really, you know, I don't think it's going to happen because it's Jason Kidd, but I'd really like to see that. And so much for me in going for this show is going to be a short one. We're 26 minutes in. I've covered two games. One more to go. We'll get to that in... Oh, we'll get to it right now. All right. Last game. Big comeback from the Clippers. 118-112, the final score. It was led, of course, by Musa Diabate, who played 12 minutes, including, I think, nearly all of the fourth quarter. He only had three points and four rebounds, but a steal on the block. He was really active out there. He was a plus 19, and it was him and Batum um, and Norman Powell really leading the way. But that's huge to see a guy like that, a two-way player, come in and be able to perform that way. The big numbers came from Reggie Jackson, who had 24, 7, and 12 in 41 minutes. Copped a massive hit at the end of the first half. Somehow was able to play the second half. Big minutes with no John Wall. You know what we get with Reggie Jackson, this sort of volume and minutes aren't going to be there every night, but on nights where John Wall is out and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are out, then he's going to have value to stream in on low volume days. Storm and Norman Powell played only 24 minutes, but still had 32 points, four and two. And we know what the story is. Norman Powell needs to be really efficient and get lots of minutes or get lots of shots to get there. And he had a 43% usage. 32 points, four triples. As I said, 24 minutes. Fine, stream him in. But before today, the last week, he was the 203rd ranked player. And all of that's been without Paul George and Kawhi. Zubats goes from 31 and 29 down to 12 and 13 with two steals and a block. It's what I mean. But I talked about this, I think, on the pregame show today. Someone said, man, what do I do now? Who should I be looking to trade away Zubats for now that he's dominating? Like he had one game. 
that was that level, and the others were mediocre. And this is fine. Like this is not a bad game, but yeah, that was that one weird outlier that we can't predict, and doesn't mean that it pushes through to the future. Bob Covington was a DNP last game. So, of course, he had 15 points on eight shots in 18 minutes here. No value in him. Terrence Mann, only 26 minutes. In fact, this entire rotation is just weird because the starters were getting killed and then these bench guys led a big comeback. I think if you wanted to drop Marcus Morris, you could. 32 minutes, eight points on 23%. The time for him to thrive is when Kawhi and Paul George are out and he's not doing that. And when they come back, his minutes and touches are going to reduce. So he's okay if you want to hold him until those guys come back, but I don't think you're losing anything long-term if you cut him, cut, uh, cut him loose. Rough game from Farmers Union, Amir Coffey, seven points in 25 minutes. He's only a stream option while these players are out. For the Blazers, we had Anthony Simons on the Sell High Show. This is another one, another piece of evidence you can use there. 37 points, nine triples, 43 minutes. It's too many minutes, man. They play again tomorrow, 43 minutes. He has steal on a block, he shot 54%. Dame is going to return on Sunday, apparently, and it's going to impact Simons. Get a top 40 player back. Jeremy Grant fouled out. I reckon he played almost every minute before he fouled out. 38 minutes, 32, 3, and 2, two steals, two blocks, five threes. He's on a little bit of a, a decent run as well, worth selling high for a top 40 player. And Yusuf Nurkic had 13, 10, and 7 with three blocks. Didn't shoot particularly well. Hit a couple, well, hit that three really early. Um, I thought they kept him on the bench a little bit too long in that fourth quarter. While Josh Hart went to the locker room with an ankle problem, but played 33 minutes, 9, 7, and 6. Remember that these Blazers guys have a great schedule this week. So Justice Winslow played 34 minutes. He'll continue to get good minutes while Lillard is out. 10 and 13 for him. We know there's going to be issues with percentages, but he hit both his free throws and sort of did what we wanted him to do. 10, 13, and 2 with a steal. That's fine on these low-volume days. Sharp has gone backwards since Lillard has, been, Lillard has been out. He had five points in 14 minutes while Nasir Little had one point and then had to leave with a hip injury. Uh, he didn't look like he was in too good a way, so hopefully he is okay, but he's not contributing much to anyone at the moment anyway. The lines of the night... The monstrous, it does go to Luka Doncic. The waiver wire and the young gun is the same bloke. It's Quentin Grimes. I wouldn't rush to add him, although the Knicks schedule is good. That's the only reason you'd consider a short-term stream. And the dud of the night is the crucifix, Christian Wood. Top 10 players in category leagues. Number one is Luka Doncic, followed by Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, Julius Randle, Norman Powell, Reggie Jackson, Yusuf Nurkic, Ivica Zubats, Steph Curry, and Quentin Grimes. Top 10 players rostered. In under 50% of leagues, Grimes, Winslow, they both got that great schedule for the week, so consider streaming them. Bob Covington, I don't really have much faith in what he does game to game. Terrence Mann's fine for a stream. Looney's fine for a stream. Kaminga's one to watch. He played really well today. I don't think he's a 12 or 14 team league ad, probably. Probably more 16 teamer. Anthony Lamb's just deeper league, so is Dante DiVincenzo. Number nine was Tim Hardaway. Not a bad 14 team league guy, just to see what happens. And then Jalen Duran at number 10, who we just wish they'd give more playing time to, but it's Dwayne Casey. Top 10 in points leagues, Doncic, Randall, Simons. Oh, I didn't get to hit the gong in red on him. Forgot to do it. Gong him red. Reggie Jackson at four, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic, Steph Curry, Norman Powell, Ivica Zubats, and at number 10 was Quentin Grimes. And that will do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're on YouTube, you thumb it up and you leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.